just fine Catch you when you fall Be there when you call It's never too much I got you real tall I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mahi nunui ki a koutou no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa kōrero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr and today it is my honour to share this kōrero with you from the sissy Paris Brown who bravely and confidently took the stage again at our Real Talk event in Ōtaki. Now her whole passion and her whole being is wanting to provide a safe space for our rainbow whānau to feel nurtured, respected, understood and loved, but also a place where they can thrive in life and live a true and authentic life. It was It is with the greatest pleasure that I introduce Paris Brown to share her fabulous journey with us. Kia ora! Kia ora! Kia ora! Kia Oh, I feel pretty tall up here, but Kate's pie, that's all good. Right, finally, we're going to do a little bit of a movement, okay? So, under your fellas' chairs, before you fellas come in, so if you fellas start having a look, start having a look under your fellas' chairs, you're going to realise there's nothing under there. Ah, <laughs> fine, cool, I've got chairs to wait. Yep, me. All right, cool. Set up, say. Kate's pie for some of you? Cool. Oh my God, hold my weight. <clears throat> So, kia ora whanau. Um, ko Paris James Atria Shasha Brown, I nearly forgot my last name, tō ko ingoa, uh, huri a hau ngō nō puronga hau me whakaki, engari kei hire taunga e no huana. And I am a proud transgender woman. Yeah! Proud whakawahine. Um, so, this is just a little bit of a, a story about how I came to the woman that I am today. So, let's go. On a cold Hastings night back in 1994, um, Afano's life was about to change. The world was about to change. I was born. Um, so for me, I was um, an only child of a freezing worker and an engineer. So um, for that meant my mother and father needed to mahi, so I was shipped off to my grandparents. Um, so like a lot of rangatahi here, I was proud to be um, raised by my grandfather and my grandmother out in Porangahau. Uh, so Porangahau consisted of 350 people, total whānau, 350 people. So everyone was whānau out there, so Porangahau, for those that don't know, uh, is a quiet kind of, not quiet on sad days, um, but quiet kind of um, seaside village uh, in the Central Hawks Bay. So that's where I was born. Um, my beautiful grandmother, my beautiful grandfather, I was a marae kid, so brought up around the marae, every marae kaupapa there, I was there with my high heels, apparently. Um, I knew every single Spice Girl song back then, and I still do. <laughs> So, you know, um, so every single Spice Girl song. Um, and yeah, so a marae kid, everywhere I went, it was always with man, papa, I was their little tail. It was massive. I loved it. I loved being growing up with my grandparents. So it was cool. Um, and because I was the only one there, I got everything. So, kia ora. <laughs> but being in such a small kind of remote village, 
um, there was nobody that was quite as colourful or flamboyant as myself. So trying to find someone to cling on to or someone to kind of be my role model in that type of environment was non-existent. Because I had no aunties or uncles that swung the same way I did. So I was like, shit, what's happening here? But kids pie, that's all good. Um, I got a little bit too hard to handle for my grandmother. So at the age of 10, I was picked up, shipped off back to my parents, back into um, Hastings. Now, I wasn't shipped off because it was like I was bad, bad, but just to the point where I just didn't come home at night. Um, but that's bad enough for a 10-year-old, I suppose. Um, so, yep, shipped back off to mum and dad in, um, in Hastings in Hiratonga, uh, where I started Kura um, at Kimberley Primary, which, for those that don't know, is the hood. Uh, for me, the hood was a place that I could flourish in because each other rangatahi at that kura had other radu that they, were, that they were worrying about at home. So me being flamboyant, me being, you know, flowery, that didn't faze them because they were, they were suffering with family violence. They were suffering with every other hara. So for us, kura was a, an escape. Um, so I, yep, so moved into town. Um, intermediate was a blur for me. I didn't apply myself at all or anything like that, and that's due to the bullying that I sustained growing up. Because no one in my, in my whānau had never seen anyone like me, it was my whānau that I was bullied by. It was my cousins. It was my, my girl cousins or my boy cousins. Uh, it wasn't just one set of whānau, it was all my cousins, because there was no one like me in our whānau. And they just didn't know how to react, which is, you know, not k to pai, but k to pai now. Um... And because of the bullying that I sustained, not from only just cousins, but other kind of mates around the, the rohe, school suffered. So for me, I attended school. Now, I'm sorry, mum, you don't know this bit. But I attended school to make money, literally. High school for me was to make money. I sold smokes. I sold dope. And that was purely based on the fact of me not being, feeling like I'm not going to be accepted by my parents. Because, like, look at that man. Like, he is scary. That is my father. And as a 14-year-old, 13-year-old little whatever you were back then, it was scary, you know. Um, my mother, my father, duro couple. Um, so, again, scared of them both. So, for me, I made money. I made bank just in case I got kicked out, just in case I had to fend for myself. At least I was financially stable. Um, so, yes, mum, aroha mai. Um, and then... I came into uh, my, teenagers, my teenage years with my little sister. So that's my little sister sitting in front of, in front of my mother. So funnily enough, me and my little sister are born the same day, same month, just 15 years apart. Um, so yeah, that's a bit freaky, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so my sister, my mother and my father, that's what made up my whanau when I came into town. Going more so into my... Um, so I was asked to leave Kura at 15, nicely, very nicely. So I left Kura. It was either I leave or I got kicked out, so I decided to leave. Um, so for me, mahi life started at 15. So I started working. I, started, oh yeah, I was introduced to the big bad world of bills and, you know, all that sort of stuff at 15. So I thought, okay, mum always said, if you're going to leave school, you have to have a plan. So I'm like, yeah, okay then, sweeties then. So I went into Mahi for the freezing work. So that was me. For the first eight years of my life, I worked at the freezing work. Silver Fern Farms, that was the place <laughs> to be at such a young age. Um, around 17, 18 is, is when I started to 
step more into myself, step more into who I was. So at 18, I was at a party. I was, I, I was really juiced up, like really juiced up. And then my mum rings me up and she's like, right, come home. You need to come home. It's like, oh, what's happened? So I was about to get in trouble. It's like, shit, okay. So I drove home and I got this big-ass growling. Um, and then after this growling, mum's like, do you have anything else to say? And you know, with the liquid courage in you, you're like, yeah, I do. I got heaps to say. And then she's like, well, what is it then? She goes, oh, I was like, oh, well, I'm gay. And then her and dad looked at each other. They're like, oh, yeah? Oh, we knew. It's like, eh? They're like, no, no, we knew. I was like, well, why don't you say nothing? They're like, because they're your corridor. I was like, oh, my gosh. I put all these big obstacles in front of me. I put all these big kind of hurdles because I thought you wouldn't accept me. I told my parents, they're like, yes, sweet ass. And their mum's like, wow, hey, is such and such gay? Is such and such gay? I'm like, girl, I don't know. Like, you know? Um, so coming out to my parents at 18, real kind of like wasted or whatever. It wasn't the best thing to do, but hey, it was out there. It was in the air. My parents knew who I was. When I first initially came out, I kind of thought, damn, like, am I just gay or is it something else? So I thought, nah, kids are quite all good. I'll kind of live life for now, see how that goes. Um, so I started my work, out, my work life. Um, so I finished the freezing works after eight years. And then I headed to um, Tally's Fisheries down south and I fished. So I deep sea fished for a bit. You wouldn't think someone like me would deep sea fish, but I did. I loved it. So I spent a year on the boats um, down south. And being in amongst kind of... Um, big manufacturing industries like this, you don't see other people like us there. So it was kind of like either it's a make or break. So what I used to do in these industries is I used to let my mahi talk for myself. As opposed to, um, you know, trying to fit into society, I made my mahi shine. If I can't fit in with you, I'm going to make my mahi better than yours. So that's what I've done. I let my mahi speak for who I was. Um, so for that, being in these industries, I never got too much backlash. That's because, like, oh, yeah, you're gay. Oh, yeah, but I can fill a fish faster than you, though. You know, that sort of stuff. So I let my mahi talk for myself. Um, so at the end of it, I actually did find whānau um, that, that really nourished me, that really looked after me in um, the freezing works as well as the deep sea fishing. So for that, I'm very thankful. And for that, I tell everyone, go fishing. It's great. Um, so, but while being on the fishing boats, I kind of hit a wall Remember how I mentioned about how I didn't know if I was just gay? So I kind of hit my wall during my whole, free, uh, during my whole fishing um, employment side of things. And that's me there on this wall. I was the biggest I'd ever been. I was at my all-time low. Um, depression was high. Um, and actually by then I had attempted suicide a few times. Um, Luckily for me, unsuccess unsuccessful. Lucky for you, unsuccessful. <laughs> I'm here now. Um, but for me, at this point in time, suicide was the top, of, the top of my list. I just thought that if I continued doing what I was going to do, I was either going to get killed or I was going to kill myself. So I had to make a drastic change. I thought, fuck it, I need to leave New Zealand. I need to leave my home. I need to leave my job to find myself because I couldn't find myself in my own backyard of Hiratonga. That's sad to say that you couldn't find yourself in your own backyard, eh? So I was another statistic, and I travelled over to Australia. So I lived in Sydney for a bit there. So I went from fishing, uh, I went from the freezing works, 
um, to Australia and then in Australia I went to a sales manager for male strippers. So I was on that, right, the right pathway for who I was. It was great, loved it. Um, but in Australia, I got to flourish. I got to check new clothes out, new styles. Um, I didn't come across kind of as much negativity as I did back home. Um, so for me, it was more of a, who are you? So I really connected with who I was in Australia. The dresses started coming out, the heels started coming out, the lashes, the nails, the everything you can think of started coming out. And I felt comfortable. I was really comfortable. Um, funnily enough, my grandmother got sick. So um, remember how I talked about her raising me for my first few years of life? So for me, it was my time to repay that. So because I was in Australia, I hadn't really kind of settled over there yet. Mum rings me up, she's like, hey, Nan's not doing too well. I'm like, shit, okay then, I'll come home. I'll come home today, Mum. So Mum booked me a ticket that same day to come home to look after my grandmother. Because that's what you do for your Nan and Papas. You just do that. Drop everything, go back to Nan and Papa. And that's what I've done. I come home to look after my Nan. Funnily enough, we are now six years down the track and she's still alive. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I could have just stayed in Aussie. She's like, no, 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 you're all right now, you're home now. I'm like, um, okay, whatever, sweet ass, that's all cool. Um, so yeah, so Australia, I got to flourish, got to kind of be who I was, um, but prior, prior to coming home, I had to decide, I had to make a um, decision, like, are you going to go home and be that kind of same little scared, bullied little girl boy, whatever you were beforehand, before coming to Australia, or are you going to go home and be that woman that you found? Hey. Because those were the two decisions. There was, a life, there was a life that I'd already lived that I could go back into or there's this new life that I could make when I returned to New Zealand. I thought, shit, it's a time for a change. So I come home to be the woman. <laughs> I come home to be the woman that I found myself in Nahitradia. So this is a, um, one of the first weddings I attended to as a full transgender woman, introducing myself as a transgender woman. Um, I loved it. I'm in my elements, I'm feeling myself, like, I'm free, in a way. Well, so I thought. Um, so for me, coming home to this once place that held all this hara, held all this emotion, um, and to be my true authentic self in this space, like, nothing can, like, nothing can break me down now, you know, nothing can bring me down. Um, being authentic to myself, being true to myself, I can abolish obstacles, I can, I can jump over hurdles, I can move the obstacle along, you know? It's, it's, it's being able to know who you are right from when you wake up, you know? It's empowering. It's definitely an empowering thing to know who you are. Um, what's my next slide? Oh, yeah, my next slide. So, stepping back into this world of my life, um, back in Hiratanga, I had to do some adjustments, um, and I started... So for me, community wasn't a thing um, because the community never nourished me before I left. I didn't want anything to do with the community when I got back. But because I started seeing injustices happen to my community, to my people, um, that's when I started advocating. Well, that's when I started um, kind of, uh, what do you call it? Um, the status quo. What do you call it? Challenging the status quo. Um, I started doing that. And because I had a really big mouth, um, I used it. Uh, I had a really loud voice, I should say. Because I had a loud voice, I used it. And I started coming home and I started advocating for our um, Takatapui community. Um, I have 
been a part of establishing Hawkesbay's very first Hawkesbay Rainbow Hub. Um, so we do now have a hub for our takatāpui down there. We never have before. Um, so I was a part of that. I opened that up. Um, we've brought more takatāpui events to Hawke's Bay. Now for our far note. Um, and it's, it's, the pride flag is very high now in Hawke's Bay. And I love it. I love being home. I love being here for our community. I love doing what I do for our community. So my three passions in life, my three reasons as to why I'm here is Māori, Rangatahi and Takatāpui. So those three things there, they're getting more and more exposure in Hawke's Bay, so I'm home. Like, I'm home now. I'm home for good. Um, but to be able to see that change in my community and be a part of that change in the community, that's been the most rewarding thing. Because if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Hey, if, you, if you've got the idea, roll with it. Honestly, go with it, roll with it. Because someone else may never have that idea again. And if you don't step up, who will? Hey, so you might as well do it. Okay, have a go. The worst you're going to get is a no. Hey, fuck it, have a go. And that was me. I got nose after nose after nose after nose. And then there was this one day <laughs> I went to a, a, a AGM hui and I spoke about one of my passions. Um, and at one of these huis, it was a, it was a Māori party hui. And what had happened is I just, I just spoke and it just like spewed out. Just my passion just came out. And it was about this event that I wanted to bring to Hawke's Bay, or Te Matawa Maui. And I just caught it all, caught it all, caught it all, caught it all. And then all of a sudden I had a sponsor, I had another sponsor, I had another funder, I had, you know, I had members of parliament hitting me up. Just, and that's just from caught it all. And that's all it was. I just let my, my passion come out. <clears throat> so with that came events like this. So mani oro, um, real talk, real talk, ahurity, sis. Um, yeah, and at, at the same time, not only do I advocate for takatāpui, I'm also on my pathway of advocating for Māori. Um, so that bottom left-hand picture is my, me and my little sister. We attended our first ever protest to protest against racism. That was this year. Um, so my mum likes to think that she has um, bred the next kind of activist in some form. Um, which I'm, I'm totally down for, because, hey, shit, fuck, I'm down. <laughs> you know, what ifs, yeah. Sweet. So, took my sister, she frontlined all night, it was massive. The ahua, the modi, was me. This is what I'm here for. This is why I do what I need to do, is so we as people can flourish. Um, so, this was the event I spoke about with in regards to the AGM. So this is the hikoi that I run every year. So the Twin City Pride hikoi, this was established in 2022. It's a half a marathon hikoi. So it's 23 kilometres. It stretches all the way from Napier to Hastings. So for those of you that have never been that far, that's far. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's far. So it's 23 kilometres that we walk, we hikoi. Um, <clears throat> but what it is, it's not a race. It's a slow hikoi to, so, to show solidarity with each other. Um, so this year was focused towards Tuturutato being about being proud together within light of what's happened in, in Hawke's Bay or Aotearoa this year within regards to um, Cyclone Gabrielle. We decided as opposed to focusing it on the Takatabu community, we focused it on the community itself as a whole. So whatever you're proud for, hikui for that. Sure, if you're proud to be a Frizamuka, hikui for that. You're proud to be a Māori, hikui for that. You're proud to be a Nan, hikui for that. So that's what this year's um, uh, hikui was about. I knew the slide was coming up. 
So yeah, going back to my mum and dad, after I told them who I was, biggest advocates. Loved me unconditionally. Loved me unconditionally. Unfortunately, last year, um, I, I, we lost our father, lost my dad. Uh, my dad, after me telling him who I was, he was like, shit, I love you regardless, you know? So a little story about this man. Um, we had gone to a hui, and I was on the bar. I was the bar, the bar lady that day. And dad comes up to me, he goes, hey, just letting you know that there's people here that don't really gel with your lifestyle. I'm like, oh, that's Katie Pye. He's no, I'm just letting you know they're real, they're, they're real bigots. I'm like, okay, then, Dad, that's so cool. Because at the end of the day, they're going to have to come to me to get a drink anyway. So they're going to see me sooner or later. And then he's like, yep, no, I'm just letting you know. So I was like, yep, cool as then, Dad. So this big man here, he sat in the middle of this big group of whanau, big group of people. He said nothing. The only thing he had on, other than his kākahu, of course, um, was his rainbow mask. So he had a rainbow face mask on, and he sat in amongst all these bigots. He said nothing, but he just sat there, just to show his support for his daughter. This man, after I come clean to who I was and actually realised who I was, he was the biggest supporter of who I am. He is the most humblest, kindest, heartiest man I'll ever meet, I'll ever, ever get to know. This is the, um, the only real true man that I'd ever listen to. Uh, so sorry for my future husband because <laughs> if your name ain't his I ain't listening uh, but this man was the man that just kind of he was the voice of reason um, he was the he was our everything our rock, our everything so at the moment now we've got a house full of women my mum, my sister and myself fucker gets hard sometimes man <laughs> holy shit when you're in a when you're house full of women Hey, damn. But that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's a little bit about kind of mum, dad, my sister. But now, going forward from this day on, what I do is I am a big voice for both Takatapui, Māori, and Rangatahi. I mahi um, with Rangatahi, so I'm a Rangatahi developer um, for Te Tai Whenua Te Whanganui Aarotu. Um, back in Napier, so what I do is I run four-week courses for our rangatahi to upskill them, to enter into that employment space just that little bit easier. Because nowadays it's not who you know, it's what you know. You know, we've, we've gone past those days of who you know. Now, we need to upskill our rangatahi because they're the future. They're our next prime ministers, they're our next ministers, they're our next um, CEOs, our next um, directors, you know. We need to nourish them now. So because I never had that nourishment as, as a kid... I tend to do that now, and I love doing that sort of stuff. I love upskilling our kids. I love um, upskilling their mana, you know, embracing who they are. And because I run um, a rangatahi course in such a prolific Māori organisation, it's, um, it's awesome because I get to mahi with Māori, rangatahi, and takatāpui. Because now there's no, there's no other kind of uh, Māori organisation up in Hawke's Bay that is very pro or out there rainbow apart from us. So I take all the rainbow kids, I'm down with that. Bring them in, yep, that's me. Um, so with that, oh, there. Yeah, so this is my sisterhood. This is my community. These are my sisters. These are who I fight, this is who I fight for. Um, this is one of, my, one, of, one of my reasons I'm alive today is my takatāpui whānau. Um, so in there we've got uh, 
uh, Whakawahine, Whakatane, we've got the gays, the boys, the everything's in there. And these are all our whanau from Tamatawa Maui. Three years ago, the only time you'd ever see these people is in the pub. That's only because it was not a place for us, you know. We grew up in a place where we weren't accepted. But now, because we've got the voices in the community, now because people are seeing the injustices and we're standing up against it, we are more visible. So this here is a photo after we finished one of our biggest takatapu events we've ever had in Hawke's Bay, which brought over 300 people a day. So that here was just a trophy of some sort of who we are. We're proud. We're Māori, we're takatapu, and we're proud. But anyway, whānau, that's me, because I just got the X. So, <laughs> and this happened last time too. Um, but anyway, yeah, thank you, whānau. Um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, just add me on Facebook or Instagram if you want to have a chat. <laughs> Sweet. Kia ora. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk.